everybody, and welcome to the IGDA Twin Cities podcast, episode number 27 for August 2013. Coming at you from our secret levels in or around Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota. I'm your host, Ryan Foss, and with me as always is my co-host, Tori Kamal. Hey, folks. And also joining us tonight, special guest, Martin Greider. Hello. Hey, Martin. How's it going? How you been, man? It's been a while since we've had you on. Yeah. Months, probably. Maybe even more. Hey, hey um, so how's your business spinning? Oh, well, you know, it's going. Uh, I'm actually, like, mostly making money right now doing freelance work. So non-game stuff, unfortunately. So that's a curiosity in my state. Um, how, do you, how do you find freelance work? Well, I know that, like, when you had first started, you were um, sort of contacting companies, trying to find ways to convert, like, uh, board games or card games or whatever to a mobile market. But, like, how do you find contract work and what kind of contract work? Yeah, well, you know, I've turned down a lot of work, actually. It turns out there's just a crap ton of work in iOS right now. Um, so I don't, I don't really have to worry about like finding non-game work. I mean, it's literally a project a week that I say, no, I don't have time to look at that, or I, you know, I can't even, I can't even think about that. Um, but I mean, is this like uh, just word of mouth from other people you've worked with or customers? Yeah, you've already I would had, say or... a good percentage of it is LinkedIn, but a, another good, like maybe a third, and then there's probably another good third that's uh, from like previous not previous clients necessarily but previous contacts you know people i've worked with from other places and you know i mean i think i've just because of the nature of doing sort of project-based work you end up kind of touching a lot of people or being around a lot of different people and um like i had somebody uh just like last week contact me about a project who i worked with at best buy but he's not at best buy anymore you know just totally randomly. Oh, yep, yep. It's not um, that's not totally uncommon. I mean, that's the whole reason why. Well, for sure. In the yeah. business, especially like the business you're in, networking is very important. Yeah, and I think you know my my wife says this a lot, but she thinks that I do a good job with networking, and um, you know I go to a lot of user groups. IGDA is one of them, obviously, but then I go to um, Twin Cities Cocoa Heads. I used to go to Mobile Twin Cities religiously, which is another one that meets every month. Um, there are a couple of different Android groups that I went to for a while just because I, I worked with people who did Android stuff. Um, then I, you know, recently, not that recently, I guess about a year ago, started up my own group and, uh, that that doesn't have, there's not a lot of people coming, but there's, I think there's a lot of people who know about it. That's the mobile twin cities. Exactly. Yeah. It's MN mobile games. Mobile twin cities is different actually. So mobile. Sorry. Yep, so mine is MN Mobile Games and mnmobiletogames.com. It's actually just a forward right now to the Google group. And uh, you can sign up with that and then keep abreast of what we're doing or whatever. But really, I mean, we just meet once a month and it's a non, like we don't have a presenter really, although I've, I've done presentations there, but mostly we just sit around and talk about games and what we're making and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I've been to one. I really did enjoy it. I wish I could get out more, to be honest. But like yeah. I said earlier in our pre-show talk, <laughs> yep. I live in St. Michael, so 
I don't even know where that is. Yeah. Go towards the outlet malls. (laughs) Now we're real. There you go. Outlet? Out about? I don't know. Head towards St. Cloud. Yeah. Past Maple Grove. Where lives and I was actually just out there pretty recently, like within uh ten minutes of the outlet mall. What? Yeah. We have um we have some friends who used to go to our preschool and Colleen was like super Colleen's my daughter. She was like super friends with their daughter and so we've gone out there and met with them a couple of times. Oh, well heck man, I remember <clears throat> out this way. You should give me a ring. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really know you were out there. I don't like the outlet malls, but I'm sort of <laughs> there. He's yeah. got a cool house too. It's uh Oh yeah, you've been here, Mark. Yep, or, uh, Tori, you've been here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. anyway, I'm I did get a little bit of work done lately on uh the, the game that I'm I'm working on, but it's oh, it's, I, it's very slow going. So I, I I should mention that that you and Tori have actually worked together in the past on a game. Yeah. So you yeah. did uh Apo Citrus. Yeah, Tori did, did the audio for great the, sounds for that for sure. Amazing fruit dissection sounds. That was that was a blast. That was a serious blast to do. Yeah, I remember <laughs> you like say. sort of secretly saying how much you were enjoying destroying fruit for a game yeah. you couldn't talk about. Yeah. <laughs> and that came out that's brilliant. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's definitely one of the selling points of the app for sure. <laughs> oh my god, it's almost sickening. The sounds actually. You can. <laughs> great. I don't know. I do it, and I can't decide if I need to turn the audio off or louder. <laughs> I, I think I need to put that quote on my website. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know that I would have to turn it off if I wanted to make people around me happier. Yeah. Just because they're not experiencing it, it's tough to, you know, enjoy any audio from a game when you're not, you know, making it happen. But yeah. No, I mean, it's totally over the top audio, but it was, uh, it was, it was just so much fun. I couldn't stop. <laughs> yeah. That, ex- that would explain you and the, the ways I've worked with you with regard to audio. <laughs> You do have a bit of fun with it, which is the best thing about that, actually. So, I think that's one of the better things about games in general. Yes, that's true. That's true. Yeah, the unfortunate loop of that is too that the the downward spiral that this oh you know this is fun um, can be that can become though too. Mm-hmm. How so? Um. Now, I mean, no offense to anybody who makes games and stuff, but you'll find people that quite often just constantly start over again from scratch because they'll think it's better. Mm. You know what I mean? That I think, you know, I think that's actually just, that's not a problem with game making so much as it is a problem with creative endeavors in general. Yes. And, and actually, I don't see that as a problem with creative endeavors either because it's more like your hobby isn't necessarily the end result you're keeping yourself busy doing something you really enjoy and it's sort of regardless of an audience and i think that that's not necessarily wrong at all but i know that i could totally fall into that where i just keep polishing and polishing and polishing and changing so i can polish in a different way um 
Well, as long as you're having fun out of that, for sure. Yeah, yeah. then yep. there's nothing wrong with that at all. I, um, but if you want to ship... <laughs> yes, and if you need to make a living off of it, you can't do that. Or if you want to... Yep. <clears throat> there's a total difference between um, hobby and whatever. But I, you know, not to, to sort of throw that back, is that if you truly, really enjoy it, too, a lot of that fun can make success because you you know you care so much or you truly aspire to it yeah. well i think i think it comes off like if you if you're having a you know if you're having fun making something i think it it actually you know carries over like you can tell in the experience of that thing um that it was fun to make and i think that that's a quality that's really hard to fake yes know, so i think a perfect example of that is is like fez like how much care and time went into the puzzles and everything that is that game to the level that it actually works on people who don't care about every little nuance but yet if you really look you can find hidden things and hidden languages and hidden puzzles in everything it, I think Fez is is a is an amazing example when you take that exact idea and put it into a game. Yeah, that's interesting. I I was thinking more along the lines of like humor, like it, it's it's hard to fake humor. I think, um, but you're totally right. I'm sure that's that's true as well. That's one of those examples where it's just like there's so much polish and so much effort that went into that game. Well, you can like, really you can really feel the love of of Fez because there's depth there if you care to look. But something like Halo is really, it comes down to this level where you shoot people in a multi-source, you know, multiplayer thing. And not that there isn't love or care there, but it's this different kind that I, I would say the depth isn't as, as deep. And I don't know, I yeah. still say that because that's that's not fair, but... Would you guys think the bigger the game gets, the harder it is to get that sort of intimate personality or, or intimate um, exchange of that, that, that touch that you're talking about? I don't know. Because sometimes, like, uh, a game that comes to mind is, is Winter's Walk. You ever played Winter's Walk? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's one of these, like, it's sort of in that vein of Infinite Runner. But it's literally you play a guy who walks down the street who's having the thoughts and as you walk there'll be gusts of wind and mm-hmm. when there are gusts of wind you have to touch the screen so that he holds his hat hmm. but when he holds his hat he doesn't walk as much hmm. and it's all about him having like a thought progression and if you don't let him finish a thought it's or if you say, um, let his hat blow off, like a kid will run back, and he'll be like, where was I? Hmm. And he'll have to like think back, and then sort of the story starts anew, but back a chapter, say. Hmm. But it's just really interesting. What's this called again? Winter's Walk. That's cool. I want to play yeah. that now. Yeah, it's an amazing, like, I love the concept of that game, because it's kind of an infinite runner, but it's really all about reading, like, his thoughts. And I can't remember what they are specifically, but they're, it, it's such a neat idea 
like I've wanted to emulate it in so many ways, but um, and I've written like ideas of emulating it. But I mean, the guy did it such a good job, like emulating it just seems cheap. But but I do think it was a neat idea. Okay, I do like that I can search for something on the Google Play Store and just click install, and it's now it's on my my Nexus for later. Oh, isn't that pretty cool? Yeah, that's pretty sweet. I do. <laughs> so, um, not to derail a conversation, but the other night, um, it's 9.30, and the wife's like, come up and watch a show with me. I'm like, cool, great. I'm on my way. But the kid... She so did sent... she just text you that? No, no, no. She called down the stairs. Oh, okay. But the the, <laughs> the one kid, the six-year-old, um, you know, it's 930. It's near bedtime. But, you know, a distraction is you got to distract him. You read the books to him and everything. And um, so he's been wanting to play Plants vs. Zombies, but we haven't installed it right on the iPad. So she just says, have your dad fix it. Because something went wrong with the install, and so the iPad, you, you, the iPad went to crazy hell, <laughs> like it just did not work right, and you'd click it and it would just freeze the whole thing, and then after like four minutes it would just jump out to the main screen, and so you'd go to the game and you know how you hold down and then all the icons shake with their little X's on them. Mm-hmm. And you'd push the X on it, and it would, all the icons would shake, but you couldn't even hold the power button down for the thing to turn off. Like, you'd hold it down for a minute, but nothing would change. It'd just be icons shaking for like two minutes until finally, like, it would just go back to the normal screen and the gate, the thing wasn't uninstalled. Um, so I plug it into the computer and uninstall the app through iTunes. And then it tells me that I should update from 6.1 to 6.13. And 80 minutes later, the install is done after three failed attempts. And the game still doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) And the kid is asleep on the couch. And the wife is asleep in the bed. And I'm like declaring victory because now Plants vs. Zombies works. (laughs) I'm like, yes! Plants, I, I, I fixed it. Wait, but so it did work? <laughs> it did it, finally work? It did finally work. But, like, I'm, <laughs> like, just fuming mad at the computer. And, at you know, it, it here's what happened is it would say uh, the download process through iTunes to update the iPad says eight minutes. Eight minutes to download. Okay, fine. Eight minutes. And so, you know, go off and we, me and the kid watch a regular show. You know what regular show is on I, Netflix? I, I've heard of it. It's about a bird and a beaver or something. It's like they're stoners and they're just the worst, <laughs> but it's pretty funny. It's okay for kids in my regard because they could like go to extreme efforts to not do work. <laughs> so, you know, we could not mow the lawn if we did this and this and this and this, <laughs> which is way more work than just mowing the lawn, which I think is total stoner, but hilarious. Um, and then I go back to the computer, and it's like, one minute left. And then it's just like, P-k-k! something went wrong with your network. <laughs> restart. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, okay, well, this will be fine. I'll just restart, and it'll just have to get that last little bit. Nope. It's got to start over from scratch. 
and then it's 10 minutes. And I'm like, oh, okay. And 10 minutes goes down to nine minutes and kaperk, <laughs> something went wrong with the new network. Try again. And then I try again and it's like 20 minutes. <laughs> it gets down <laughs> to 19 minutes and I'm like, please don't stop. <laughs> don't stop. And it actually works. Um, but it's, you know, another 10 minutes to push it and everything else. And it was quite a fiasco. I don't use the iPad that often, so the the fact that the wife pushed it at me was part of the problem. Is I don't even know the password to her computer. And <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I got it working. I felt like a huge amount of like, yes, I beat it. <laughs> yeah. You won. Hey, you found some immersion gameplay. I, I love the description of the de the upgrade from 6.12 to 6.13, which was like fix some bugs better in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> that was the description of the 6.12 to 6.13. I'm like, yep, this sounds like an upgrade I need. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, I I think I remember noticing that too and being like, uh, what? Do I care about this? <laughs> no, you shouldn't care. But the way, here's the way I like tackle Apple stuff is that who's ever developing for it, they kind of hit the newest thing and that's where the fixes are. Oh, yeah. You definitely but, want to be on the latest version. So I'm like, I shouldn't even try this unless I update to the latest because if they fix something, who knows, it's probably fixed through the latest. So I'm like, I'm not even going to fight it. I'm going to update and then try. And it was this crazy amount of fighting my own network, which is hilarious because literally my wireless network is in the rafters of my basement. And it's like four feet away from the computer I was using in my um, kitchen. And the network connection apparently failed nine minutes into the download twice. <laughs> wah, wah. Wah, wah. I've been fighting my wireless network in my house. I have so many devices, it's insane. <laughs> I don't know if it's a router problem. Everything I've researched regards to number of devices that it should be fine. I mean, if you think about it, it can handle, it should be able to serve 256 IP addresses, right? You would think. Yeah, what, do, what kind of router do you have? And how old is it? Oh, I just bought it like a year or two years ago because my other one was giving me problems. Yeah, oh. and so here's the thing. I think that these routers now have planned obsolescence. I, it's been like almost exactly two years, like clockwork, for the last like three routers I've owned. Before that, I had a, a Linksys, like, WRT, whatever it is. And that thing lasted me, like, 10 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think now they just make them to fail after two years. I wonder. Like, I've managed this thing to sickness. But, but okay, so part of my problem is that I've got to, like, uh... so behind my TV, I have a hub. <laughs> because... I need to to support all that connections for my cable TV and my computer there, yeah, and my sure. everything. So run that, and then the wireless, and then the all the wires. Xbox, wireless. the PS3. Yeah, <laughs> everything wired runs fine. Yep. But then, um, 
and one knock against my Android devices, which is one of the great things about the Apple devices is that I type in and my router, I say, okay, so I'm going to open up this port range between 100 and 125, and that's my DHCP served to the wireless, right? But I know that if it's this MAC address, I want it to always be this port number, or not port number, but this IP number, which is, you know, dedicated in a range that I know. And the iPad and my wife's phone and my old iPhone, they all grab on and they're instantly, you know, IP88 or 94, whatever I def defined them to be. They automatically jam in and they don't try to do the DHCP thing. My Android devices, even though I throw the MAC address on there and I tell it to be, hey, I want you to be IP66, it doesn't do it. It still grabs, you know, 104 from the IP list. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with this? And <laughs> that the Apple devices have communicated and been real friendly with that. Like, I'm this Mac. I see that you want me to be this IP. I'm going to be that IP. But my my phone, my Nexus, and my son's Nexus don't do that. And that's sort of frustrating because I want to, like, if I know about this device, I might as well dedicate and have the router take care of that. But that way, they're never IP act conflict stuff, mm -hmm. which sort of happens quite a bit when you got like eight computers in your house that are always on and off the IP. Plus, hey, guess guess what was just recommended to me by the Google Play Store? What's that? Deadly Chambers. Was it? Oh, yeah. I, I that's that's freaky. Don't do it. it says. Uh, <laughs> Recommended because, oh no, it showed me why, and then when I clicked through, it didn't show me anymore. <laughs> um, it said, let's see if it's still there. Yeah, it says uh, Brian, Ryan, and somebody else plus one. This. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would make sense. Yep. The Google Plus circle thing, or whatever. Yep, oh, exactly. Yeah. My friends have liked this game. I must take it. Not bad reviews, though. I mean, you got a 4.2. Oh, yeah. it's It reviews pretty good, especially for a paid app that's three nine or two ninety nine. It's only one forty nine right now. Is it one fifty? All right. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know the, H, the HD version. Is there an HD version? Yeah. Do I, do I need to go look for the good one? You know, it's sort of <laughs> humorous because we worked really hard to get that thing under 8 megabytes, so it's like 7.5. And then I talked, um, I talked him into making an HD version. <laughs> and I worked really hard to get that thing above ten megabytes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sort it's of humorous because better screen resolution. Or? Yeah, it's all the textures are bigger. It's just ridiculous because like he did such a good job compressing that like even like higher res images that are still under you know jpeg compression even with higher values they just don't add up to a very big file even when you do a bigger thing yeah we released that so many years ago when like android 1.5 was still you know cupcake or whatever it was called it was still a pretty big deal to download you know a seven and a half megabyte game and there were not many fpsers at that time either. there weren't or even third person yeah, yeah. 
I mean, for what it is, I thought it was pretty good. But yeah, I enjoyed it. I beat it. I put, but I didn't. I didn't have the HD version. You're not missing anything, though. Either. <laughs> <laughs> we got a couple of one-star reviews here saying it crashes. Yeah, that's. <laughs> that is like having a little bit more insight to the the Android store. Um, it especially when we first came out is that, and I didn't really understand this at the time, but you would mark like what had to be acceptable in order for the game to download. And you know the resolution nightmare. I'm sure you know all about that, Martin. Yep. Um, that is or perceived as a problem on Android. But um, what's even worse is that, uh, you know, a manufacturer, sell, say LG, for instance, puts out a phone and they put this processor and this resolution and this thingamabobber in there that supports OpenGL something or something. And then they don't appropriately market so that it truly reflects the capability of the phone. Um, and then somebody can download something that will never work on that phone because that sure. manufacturer didn't correctly identify it right. to the Google Play Store. So when you try to download something, you can download something that just flat out won't work. And there was a, a quite a bit of that problem when we first came out. Is that, and I'm pretty sure it was LG at the time. So they were marking a specific brand of phone which was a very was a relatively popular phone but didn't have a gpu worth a shit in it but they marked it as supporting OpenGL, which they did not mm. and then we got a bunch of uh, a large amount of negative reviews and that was like a big problem in the in the market before because mm -hmm. you had to read the like not supported on the xperia x1 or whatever it was right and tons of reviews that are not reviews but descriptions would say specific phone models that it did not work on, even though the way the Google market works is that it would show you it works on that phone. It would not work on that phone. And that's because of the the phone makers misaligning, which is sure. completely confusing. But Yeah, I'm, I mean, it makes sense. You know, you, you just got that many more hardware configurations. Yeah, the, and, uh, the the worst thing about it is that it becomes buyer beware when it shouldn't be. You know, it's built. Oh, I totally agree. And I honestly, I don't. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't blame the manufacturer for that. I would blame Google for that. I mean, whoever's controlling the store, the store is what should be telling you, "Hey, this device isn't going to work with whatever features you've got." You know. Yeah. The the and the problem that came down to it is that the store gave the manufacturers the ability to say, "Yes, check mark, this works." Got it. Sure. And then they just, you know, for right or wrong or not understanding or what, then maybe the check marks there weren't enough of them that that thing was true, but it doesn't hold true truly to whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a big complaint even in iOS land because uh, Apple doesn't really give you the option to require specific features. Um, you, have, you have to actually say, um, well, the way, the way that they've allowed you to uh, say that something is going to work on one device versus another is to spe specify sp 
specific features that only existed on those devices. Mm-hmm. So, and there's no way to just say, oh, this isn't going to work on an iPad one. Like you have to say, this isn't going to work on a device that doesn't have a rear facing camera, which is stupid because your game probably doesn't use the rear facing camera at all, you know, or the front facing camera. You know, there's no, there's yeah. no reason for it to, you to care about the camera, except that you're just trying to exclude the yep. iPad one because My- you know, it's not going to run on it. Yep. My biggest complaint in that regard with Apple is that, you know, you might then see this app that you want on your iPad one. And then you say, yes, I would love this app. Click at the button. And then it, then, then it tells you it's not supported. Mm. <laughs> that's my biggest complaint. Yeah. That's a store fail too, for sure. It's cause we have a couple older, a uh, couple older, um, iPod touches in the house and they're basically useless because yeah. I mean, even a couple uh, generation back, and you click on something that you think should work, and it just doesn't. Nope, can't install this because of some weird reason. And you know, it makes sense. I get that, but why can't you tell me up front before I even try? Yeah, like well, they certainly they certainly should be able to. They certainly should be able to, and it's super frustrating because in in our house, the kids come up, they ask, "Can we install this?" It's a free app, but you need my password in order to do it, which is that's a great thing. That's great. So yes, I type in my password and then it says fail and I have to hand it back to the kid and say, this doesn't work. And by the way, I, since I plugged in my password, I have to hold on to this for 15 minutes because now, <laughs> now you can install anything you want. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. It's totally stupid. I think that they did add more parental control stuff to, uh, and I don't know if this was iOS seven or, if it's actually recently in iOS 6, I can't remember. I've heard about this, especially was... with regards to in-app purchases and stuff. Right. You're supposed to be able to like control whether or not in-app purchases are even an option. I, I can't remember the details, but yeah, it had specifically to do with like parental control stuff uh, yeah. um, and, and store purchases. So, okay. So before we actually like talk about like IGDA local stuff, I have a question for you, Martin. Have you heard about, because I know you are way more into the the Apple vein of things, um, and there's some rumors about the new, um, it's supposed to, the announcement for Apple or whatever coming with regards to touch uh, biometrics. Do you know what I'm talking about? You know, yeah, I did. I saw saw some of those rumors. I I mean, it's funny because like, I saw some of that before, like, I want to say, like, two generations ago as well. Like, it sounded, you know, Apple had some patents or something, and, and there, you know, lots, a lot of people are, you know, watching the patents and speculating. Yep. So, um, so to lay it out before you respond is that the idea is that the next iPhone will have biometrics where it will respond to your thumbprint. So this is your way to open up your iPhone as a security thing. Um. So that you put your thumb on there or whatever digit I'm assuming your thumb, and then it knows it's you, right? So that's the new coming technology in the next iPhone. So my question is sort of like, you know, have you heard that this is coming and does it matter at all? I, well, I would be very surprised if it's there's any that, weight to that at all. Um. From what I've heard, it's uh, 
very, very likely with very strong background to it that it's going to happen. But my question is, regardless if it does or doesn't, just in concepting, does that make sense to you? Because my wife, like her iPhone, she has, it's literally slide to unlock. And I don't know if you do slide to unlock or not. But I'm one of those people that like my phone, I've got like a ridiculous, it's an Android phone. I've got this ridiculous pattern you have to do in order to unlock the thing. And I like that because if anybody picks the thing up, they can't get it anything on the phone if i left it at the restaurant or if i dropped it or fell out of my pocket i at least know that they'd have to do some semi uh intense something or other to get added at all um and not that they couldn't you know if they were whatever but it's way better than just the slide to unlock and i'm wondering like this whole like biometrics thing like to somebody like my wife that literally is just slide to unlock. It doesn't mean anything to her. She doesn't care about the security, which is already there. Like you could put in your passcode number or, or something on, on your iPhone right now and at least have this rudimentary level of security thing that would stop you from your average person that picks it up at the restaurant you left it at, not getting at your, you know, your PayPal account or something at least immediately. And I'm wondering, is this biometric thing of any value to people? And and my opinion of it is, like, it seems really weird. And I'm wondering, like, Apple is super good at marketing. Like, I'm wondering if they're going <laughs> to somehow market this as, like, this is the feature we've all been waiting for. Like, finally, it can s- just scan our thumb so we don't have to type in a number or well, I mean, I do think that's way more secure than dropping it, than than having a passcode. I mean, so here's an interesting, totally, you know, anecdote from me. Um, my wife uh, left her phone and car keys uh, on the steps of my sister-in-law's apartment building, mm-hmm. just like just last Thursday, actually. Uh, no, wait, it was last Tuesday, I think. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Last week. And she knew within, you know, two minutes she'd done it, went down there, and it was gone. And so she's calling me, freaking out. My daughter and I take a taxi over there, and, like, I have the spare set of keys so we can get in the car. We check the car. She didn't lock them in the car. Like, you know, so then I use the find my iPhone feature. Like, you know, and I could walk around the block and it wasn't moving. So I knew approximately where it was. It was either in her, my sister-in-law's building or it was like in one of the buildings next door, you know, because I mean, GPS is notoriously not super accurate. And uh, so we're like, I don't know what we're going to do. Basically, like we just, you know, cancel the credit cards because her phone has a wallet, you know, it's in a wallet basically. So we you know, get in the car and head back to my place. And um, it's a long story short. I mean, she actually got the phone back. Like somebody dropped it off at her sister-in-law's apartment um, and had probably been trying to drop it off the whole time we were wandering around the apartment, the neighborhood looking for the, you know, trying to figure out where the phone was. But uh, yeah, good Samaritan, um, which is, you know, yeah, it was great. Not to be on understood but i mean you could totally could have got burned there in that regard right exactly so like she didn't have a lock on her phone 
And that was my big, that was the big takeaway from the day. It was like, okay, well, you need to have a lock on your phone. Like you need to have a, a passcode on there because she could have gotten everything. Like there's, you know, there were no, you know, there was no barrier basically. Yeah, it was um, slide down lock and that's the end of it. Yep. Yeah, that's and my so complaint that my wife with her phone is like, I'm like you got to at least put something, like even a passcode stops you know, anybody who just finds it from like that thought of, whoa, this isn't unlocked. Yeah. I can do something can bad with it versus being Good Samaritan, which is probably what they should do. But the fact that it's unlocked. Yeah. You know, what could I do with this? Let me look at their thing. Let me post on their Facebook. Let me, you know, query what their password is at, at eBay quick. Oh. You know, one interesting thing you could do with biometrics if it can do it in a really fast manner is that you could have two people using the same screen at the same time. It can, it could identify who's doing what and you could make some gameplay around that, which would be kind of interesting. I don't know. For some reason that just occurred to me. So it's a, it'd be a dedicated part of the device. It wouldn't be like on the screen. But it, rem oh, it, it reminds gosh. me of these IBM commercials from the nineties where the guy like has his laptop at the airport and he just runs his thumb across the, stupid little thing on his fat laptop and the yeah. guy next to him was like whoa <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> and i'm like yeah it's like i typed in my own password and you didn't know what my password was because <laughs> it's on my thumb <laughs> i don't yeah. know yeah i mean I, I i just you know i i understand biometrics but i really i'm wondering if 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 it's true the spin that can happen because I'm one of those people that kind of like, like your anecdote, it kind of comes down to, you know, all right, well, you've got this at least three digit passcode that would take some time to crack. You can at least trust that it'll take a little bit of time to crack. And if in 20 minutes you're unable to, since the time you know it's gone, I don't know. I, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I had not put any weight behind those rumors, and but um, Mac Rumors seems to think it's it's maybe not likely, but like a, a, ser a serious possibility. It's apparently very likely because uh, somebody in New York, um, something or other, <laughs> I'm struggling here to remember who, but they sort of pre-said that um, this sort of security was going to be in the next iPhone and it would have been in the it would have been likely to be in the no okay I, I, sorry I can't yeah. recall exactly this, the, there's some this guy Mark German at 9to5Mac who, who just has a history of reporting accurately in the past and he's convinced that it's going to be on there so, who knows? Yeah, and it's not that it doesn't belong. Don't get me that. Don't don't get me wrong. It's it's. I'm really curious to see how the 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 Apple machine will will spin it spin it to make it think make the public think that here's this feature that you couldn't believe you couldn't didn't live without. <laughs> you know. You know. Yeah. I honestly think it's a it's a cool feature because I like for my car. I I I don't want to have keys anymore for my house. I don't want to carry keys in my pocket. I'd love to have just a, 
sweet biometric lock. If it, you know, if they work well. But here, so here's if we the same consultory is like you could have you could have bought a a lock to your front door that you just type in your you know three digit or four digit number on. Yep, that's even less. And, and, you could, and, and you could have done that though. Like if you think yeah, about but, like biometrically, like if you want your sister to be able to get in your house, like the complexity of now she doesn't have you have to get her thumbprint in there somehow versus just hey girlfriend, it's one two three four. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but welcome like, into my house because that, you're in my circle of trust. But but someone with a cell phone can just capture you typing in the 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 true, that number. True, true, true. So, but I mean, like, really. Would they? No, I, don't. I mean they can, right? Well, okay. So, I mean, I don't want to get too Android versus iPhone here, but um, those Android lock symbols, like where you have like a a shape that you draw on your screen or whatever, though they've done like, well, I don't know if I shouldn't say that. I'm not sure if they've done studies, but personally, from my own experience. I can see somebody do one of those and instantly do it back. I mean, like oh, there's, yeah. sure. like, oh, I mean, that's true of any. It's so much easier like than knowing the number. Like, if I see somebody like tap in a number, like maybe I, maybe I saw it right, maybe I didn't. But when I see someone like draw a shape on a screen, like, see, but that's one of those things. Like, you will find people that if they just hear the dial tones of a number you dialed, they can tell you what number you, you dialed. And that's, you know, a, a seven-digit number. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's plot number, 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 number. And that's just from the, the sound. I mean, that's, like, it all depends on the person. Like, I would agree. Like, the pattern, I'm way more easy to capture the pattern that somebody drew than the, a four-digit number they did. But that's not to say that, you know, it depends on the person or whatever. I I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe it's maybe that's just me, but because all right, here's the way that pattern or numbers for me have always worked on things is that I make them a pattern. So I would go yeah three six nine five, and that becomes a pattern. I just watch the pattern. I don't care about the number. I watch what they type in the pattern, not what the numbers they type. I mean, that's my understanding is that almost everybody that's how they memorize telephone numbers back when people actually memorized telephone numbers was that they memorized the like placement of the number on the phone, not that they memorized the actual numbers. Yeah. Oh, seriously? Oh, it becomes yeah, a, well, a yeah, muscle memory thing in a way. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember being a kid, and you just dial somebody, and you're like, oh, hey, Rick, I, I meant to call Rob. Sorry. <laughs> because... Or, for instance, like, uh, you know, not even, like, I, I remember answer, like someone had asked me what my phone number was, I'd have to actually physically like do the motions. Yep. You know. Oh. That's not true for you, Tori. No, I I always had to remember memorize the number for some reason, which is strange because I'm I'm extremely visual. So, yeah, I, I guess my brain never made that connection, which is <laughs> which is probably could have saved me a lot of trouble. Well, I wonder if did you have a rotary dial phone? Yes. Because you couldn't really do it with a rotary dial phone, so you needed the the touchpad. Uh, yeah, I I grew up with a rotary in in Bolivia. We had rotary phones until eventually we had, um, yeah, a touchpad. But yeah, huh? Interesting. Interesting. I never would have thought of that. Yeah, it, it gets into like how um, your brain. I mean, there's all kinds of like mnemonics that you can sort of like teach yourself ways to memorize things easier Memory and palace, yeah. yeah yeah a lot of them have to do with like 
you know, storing a shape or storing, you know, different, um, it's all, it's all about patterns. Like your, your brain is very good at, at storing patterns basically. Yeah. You're more likely to remember a passcode as a number. If you put it to like, uh, a song phrase or something like you can sing it or it becomes a pattern, you know, like an L or something. It, well, n- the funny thing is, I do do that. Like, I'll be like, I have to remember this: five, six, seven, eight, nine, two. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, two. <laughs> exactly. Or, you know, some yep. some r- ridiculous like that. But well, think about one eight hundred collect, right? Do you remember one eight hundred collect commercial? One eight hundred ninety four Jenny. I still remember that. <laughs> uh, I have no idea what that is. But it was like Jenny Craig. One eight hundred collect. If you do it, it's literally right down the middle. Oh, it's, is it? Yeah, it's right down the middle in the number pads. So it became like they even emphasized that, like, do it right down the middle. C O L L E C T is you yeah. do it, and it's right down the middle of the thing. Anyway, no, I just like. I think biometrics is totally interesting. I'm just really curious to see if it's true. One and two, how they'll spin that to be this thing that everybody can't believe they ever had without. Yeah, Apple is amazing at that. <laughs> I know it's funny. I mean, uh, I I remember playing with a device that had a biometric scanner on it, and thinking, "Wow, this is crap." So <laughs> my mom had one when years ago, and um, the damn thing quit recognizing her finger. Yeah, I mean, I would yeah, say like, literally it quit. She could not get into her own computer because the damn thing broke <laughs> something. Oh, and it would not recognize her own thumbprint. I'm like, that's that's a good that, feature. All that that no, that's, that's a feature. Wrong, <laughs> like if it's I like, burn your thumb or something on the pan. Are you sure your mom wasn't replaced? Yes. <laughs> it might have been like nanites or something. <laughs> it built up a tiny machine. Yeah, I mean that is that's a big that's a big concern. Like, what do you do when it when it stops working? It's you know. it's sort of humorous because uh, whoever was listening to was talking about cutting off the thumb of somebody, <laughs> so you cut off the finger and then you can get into their thing. And they're like, "Oh no, it it looks to see if it's alive or not." <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, you know, still like a code, maybe, maybe then your dead body doesn't have to have his thumb cut off. <laughs> They still gotta be like, man, they got a four digit code. This is gonna take like an hour <laughs> to crack. This sucks. That's funny. So it sounds like uh Apple ten or September tenth for the 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 new iPhone announcement. I thought it was gonna be like the seventeenth or something. Yeah, it's coming pretty quick. And apparently it's gonna be, you know, humdrum and Biometrics is what I've heard, but humdrum. In that, like, uh, uh, Jobs is dead. Therefore, there never ever anything interesting is ever going to come out of uh, Apple again. Well, so my understanding of the new biometrics, the, the big news is going to be that they're releasing this iPhone 5C. Have you heard of that? Mm-mm. Yeah, so it's basically like the iMac of iPhones. So they're they're gonna be colored backs, uh, like plastic backs, not oh, not oh. metal backs. Um wait, wait. Be... 
they'll be like 99 bucks. But what choice do you have for cases? <laughs> <laughs> there will be infinite choice. Oh, oh but God. None, I was worried none that, will I, be I was manufactured a little bit that my, that my case selection wouldn't fit around this. <laughs> It will come with the latest Java update too. Just, oh. just <laughs> I was worried about that. Wait, wait, wait. Does it have like um, some bug fixes and it's better in Japan? <laughs> it's yeah. better in Japan. <laughs> yep. Well, you know, I mean, these things are going to fly off the shelf. I, no, that's my prediction. Uh, yeah, that's my prediction. It's I sort mean, of surprising that they haven't reacted but, to that lower end market a little bit. They they actually need to in in regards to uh, China. Right. Yeah, they need to, and it's sort of sad. Like, uh, in order to still stay in the top of you know the American market, they need to cater to low end markets in order to conquer uh, Asian markets, and then therefore, like awesome devices in America will suffer. Therefore, well, they're still going to have the like the. I mean, the theory, the rumor is anyway, there'll there'll be a five S and a five. What they're calling the five C which I think is unfortunate because that's just going to be known as the cheap one. <laughs> wait, wait, but will it have more, more, will it be resolutionary? <laughs> resolutionary? No, that's not my term. That is Apple's term. What? I've never heard that. You, you didn't see this? This was an ad thing after Jobs died about him rolling in his grave that it was going to be resolutionary. You never saw the resolutionary? I never saw that, no. Oh, okay. It's in the Urban Dictionary. <laughs> so, um, do that? you think though that this could be, in the short term, a, in the short term, a certain gain, but in the long term, um, a negative play for Apple? Which one? Getting cheaper, um, getting cheaper devices out there. Yeah, I mean that's the worry is that it'll be perceived as you know. I mean now, yeah, I don't know. I mean it's definitely like a. You know, their whole like market share has always been has always revolved around being a high end, you know, device like having the, uh, you know, the quality product versus the mass produced product. And I think, I don't know. I mean, I IMAX did very well, and you know, so I guess I I don't know. I mean, who am I to? say anything i have no idea <laughs> no i that's sort of like the nice thing in a way that that you could court of sort of trust them in that stature i would be concerned that if they throw out this 99 dollar thing that there's something in there that would under uh fundamentally undermine that standing yeah, yeah i mean if they really are cheap that will be a problem but i kind of feel like my guess is they're just older hardware inside. And so, you know, they're not actually a cheap device. It's just that they're going to be not as good in terms of like, you know, speed and that kind of, you know, they'll probably, maybe they will only have eight and 16 gig models or something. Like, I, I mean, I don't know. So it's going to be an Android. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it'll still run iOS 7, which is Android. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, but it's in Easter colors. Isn't that nice? Ah, <laughs> uh, it's almost metro. Either way, 
uh, Windows phones are not going to catch up. Oh my so. gosh. <laughs> it's farther and farther in the back burner. Um, well, sort of in the news, Rim totally threw in the towel. Did oh, they really? really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear that. They're done. They they went bankrupt? No, they didn't go bankrupt necessarily, but they basically said they're out. Yeah, they they see the writing on the wall. They they the weird thing is is they've got like a certain amount of um, market share. Like there's a dedicated BlackBerry base, but they can't. They can't move it upward. They can't like. You know, 10 million people or whatever it might be is, you know, that's pretty substantial. But from where they were and the infrastructure yeah. they got to support that, it's sort of yeah. a null gain. So yeah. They just threw in the towel and said, from what I've heard or read, yeah, they're done. And, which is sort of unfortunate. They can't even, like, find a way to just cater to that niche market or anything. But it's probably got to do, you know, a lot with an expensive infrastructure to support it and yet and now the the user base is small that it doesn't justify the cost sure yeah because i still bump into people that have their crackberries and they're like they just can't <laughs> do anything else and you know they've tried but they just can't do anything else well they really got into that business crowd for a while well that's exactly it is that they hit that business crowd and they nailed that like i would say my demographic of the 35 somethings at 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 a place of business and they're able to do their business which is you know they think about work a lot and they answer emails a lot and then you try to do that at an ipad i uh, an iphone or an android phone with a touch screen and you're just nonstop frustrated with typing an email it takes a long time and it's a pain in the butt that's actually what why I still I still hop over to my Droid Four even if I have my tablet next to me because <laughs> I have that slide out keyboard. Yeah, isn't it amazing? Like that little bit. Yeah. Like um, yeah. my G two I give it to my middle kid, and I'll go to to like do stuff on his phone to help him out with something. And I'm like flip it the thing open and I'm like, I got no worries typing in passwords. Yeah. It, yeah. But if the other kid on his on the the Galaxy phone, I'm like, oh. <laughs> <sighs> trying to type on this thing and or my yeah it's amazing how much that interface can really make it a big difference yeah. and granted it makes so a I, the phone it, heavy but, yeah. i'm just oh, yeah. looking at the news headlines here and all i can see is that they are exploring the possibility of selling the company i don't think they're done manufacturing like the company's not dead i wouldn't say dead but um, uh, I can't substantiate <laughs> necessarily what I've uh, heard or became of an opinion in my head. But it was, um, you know, some pundits that I trust. And, you know, maybe it was exaggerated or twisted. But I would say that it... And that's the other problem, too, is that maybe it kind of feels like that's just the way it's going to go. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I don't see how they can... Re well, you know, all, you, all it takes is one amazing device. Granted, that's not easy. But that's all it takes to, to launch yourself up there. Yeah, but... Okay, so BlackBerry... What is a BlackBerry, really? It's a phone with a real nice keyboard, maybe? And it's integrated into your business well, right? 
and as they've fallen behind and businesses have finally realized that they can't have this and they've now you know adopted like you can have iPhone or Android phones it it becomes a less attractive proposition yeah to especially I would consider younger people yeah. who through business get to pick which device they want and maybe I'm projecting my business place of work where um, people who get phones, not me, get to choose from a little catalog of uh, pretty hot devices. And it's the, you know, it basically comes down to the newest and best iPhone or these three or four Android phones. And they're like, which one would you pick? And I'm like, well, what kind of person are you? <laughs> because, you know. I, I can tell you if you if based on the kind of person you are, if an if an Android would be like if you want to tinker or care to versus the the Apple one with the Where it all just works. <laughs> no, here's the problem. Because you connect it to the workplace thing and it doesn't just work. When it stops working. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Now you're connected to the the company's infrastructure who any big company from 10 years ago, what was their infrastructure? You know, it was a Unix based, most likely networking something and they don't have the top notch people on there. And so they get some app that has to run on the thing that, <laughs> um, doesn't run perfectly because it's just an app that runs through the iPhone. That's actually the plus of it. If you ask me is that you go to uh, where I work you get an iPhone, you get an iPhone and that iPhone comes with an app that lets you access the work stuff. Ah, interesting. That so app, you still, so you it's still iPhone. pretty much have control. It's an iPhone. Yep. But the work shit, the work stuff is shit. It's not good. <laughs> right. Because it's sure, you know, third party or internally developed or whatever it is. It's not, it's, a source of complaint and I don't know if there's better and it's just my company picked a bad one or what, because I'm not in that loop. And in the, the Android world is it's way more integrated and it just works better. But, um, you know, that's the, the, the trade off of having an Android versus an, uh, an Apple device. And most people at my work pick the Apple devices, but I, um, uh, so the August presenters, we had a member project and a main presenter. Let's do uh, the the member project quick. Um, it was two gentlemen, uh, Adam and Jay of Lost Lamppost, and they presented their mobile game Garden Gnomes. And um, I'm not, it was like sort of this whimsical strategy game, I think is how they described it. Um, so it's iOS only and you sort of strategically do garden gnome things. <laughs> it's like a turn-based fighting game, but with garden gnome theme. It's weird is that you you have to move around this board like a, there's a grid, and you collect uh, power-ups essentially that are um, kind of themed to the four you know elements. So there's fire, water, uh, wind, and earth and uh 
I think there's only one style of power up. So you basically like collect the power up and then you've got that ability. And the more types you have, the more things you can do because you can you then can use that ability on all the other stuff in the board. So like um for instance, like uh you can throw uh you know, dirt into a fire power up, for instance. And like different things will actually do different things. Like, and I think this is one of the cooler things about the app, but also kind of one of the drawbacks is that you don't know what they're going to do. Like, you have to basically play the game to figure out what these, you know, com- combining the elements is going to do and like how the different power ups work. Because, like, for instance, Earth um, can only shoot one distance, but it's more powerful. Um, and, uh, I actually feel like this is kind of a, a fail because you can't play single player <laughs> to figure this stuff out. You can oh. only play the multiplayer game. It's multiplayer sure. only. Oh, I did not pick up on that. Yeah, so... It, um, that would explain their sort of unsuccess. Yeah, I mean... So, they... all right, these guys were great because they presented, like, this thing and it looked fun and whimsical, like you say, and they did their story, and obviously it's a... Uh, a moonlighting kind of thing for them, but they didn't also have much success. I mean, they didn't. Yep. It, other than having a good time doing it, they did not get a lot of sales and stuff out of it, which was sort of surprising to me because I was I was wondering, not that you know they showed their number of downloads and it was under five hundred. You know, it wasn't huge in the number of months they'd been out, which is sort of unfortunate. But that would explain part of it because in order to have like a decent game that's multiplayer only you need to be able to have an install base you need a huge install base and if you don't have an install base at all which is i'd say any independent release yeah um you're dead okay so i didn't pick up on that that's too bad yeah okay that changes my um one thing that i thought was pretty interesting about it too is that they had because they basically ended up having to switch artists halfway through, they had like a very large aesthetic change to the game, which, I, if I recall, they said that it may have even affected the gameplay a little bit. So, you know, like a, it would be interesting to see in a hypothetical world what the game would have been like if they had... Under the had original artist. Keep, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. How much of a difference that would have made. I yeah. think that's interesting. One critique i have of the game in general is that i feel like the art is really great on on screen like it was really blown like in their presentation i really Mm -hmm. liked the art a lot and then in the app it felt like a lot of it was kind of shrunk down um like there's uh specifically the game screen you know you've got these little basically what amount to icons because you you've got a a grid and you've got you know see the thing inside the grid square and uh the the art didn't look as good in my opinion shrunk down like that as it did on the presentation screen you know and and uh on the menus and stuff i think the menus look gorgeous i mean the art is great it's just i think it maybe they didn't think enough about how it was going to look shrunk down for the game screen sure um but yeah, I mean, it's an interesting game. Like, it's an interesting idea, and like, I feel like there's a lot of uh, game design that I th- I think is interesting about it. Um, 
but yeah, it's it's kind of unfortunate that it's multiplayer only, and it's and it's not as uh, easy to sort of discover the gameplay because you basically have to start these online games that are not uh, real time; they're asynchronous. So you're like you start a game, and then you kind of just got to go away from it and stop thinking about it until someone takes their turn. And that <laughs> makes it really hard to like put any of that to longer term memory or anything. Right. Versus well, and, like, what was the random decision I made last time? Right. Well, and when you're thinking, unless it's rapid, specifically yeah. talking about a game where like, I think part of the fun is to sort of is figure out stuff. Yes. You know, yeah, discovery is, is the game. The discovery is the gameplay or the interesting right. part. Yeah. And that can really break in multiplayer when you're playing somebody that's already done that, for instance. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Although, you know, in some ways, like playing against someone who really knows it could help you discover that stuff faster. Like you might see well, them do it and go, oh, variety, cool. I didn't know variety of people, yes. Yeah. Especially if you can see what they're doing and sort of understand why or anything, regardless of if they tell you why or anything. But okay. Yeah, I hadn't caught that, I guess. Oh, it was, I was super appreciative of their presentation in that they were very candid in their processes and ultimate you know success or unsuccess um and also that they're just super positive about doing it because it's fun mm-hmm. and you know that's a uh, a role that i can appreciate because you know i have a day job and doing it in the evening i totally admit that the the, the parts of the the aspects of the, the game making that i latch on to are the parts that i enjoy the process of not necessarily the result, but. Mm-hmm. So anyway, and then the second part. The, yeah, that was the member projects. And then the main presenter was um, a gentleman by the name of Chip who, um, let's see, they had created and worked with, um, I guess, a big uh, sports, kind of like a Cabela's around here, I guess. But I guess it's called Bass Pro Shops. I guess it's a pretty big um hunting i would guess fishing related uh business um and they had made a number of apps for them and it, um it, well not just apps like they'd done some well, Wii they, games and, and they had they had i guess they had started out doing Wii development um so they made some console games for um and i can't remember the name of the games and I actually remember some of the because they they had accessories or um, control devices like in Target. I remember seeing them, <laughs> yeah, which was or, yeah, just like so bizarre. Plastic, um, reels like reels, and, yeah. Uh, the yep. controller. Yep. And then um, his sort of his. I mean, he uh, went over that aspect or whatever. But I think his like focus was transitioning mm-hmm. from that console studio to a mobile studio. And the pluses and minuses of both working with a big company like Bass Pro Shops, who was, you know, sort of a brick and mortar, um, put things on the shelves, cataloger. And now this mobile studio that sort of didn't quite fall into that. You know, I it, it was really interesting. Um, you know, like where I work, which is a defense contractor. And like some of the decisions we come up with in regards to stuff might not necessarily be the best decision from an outsider looking in, but end up being the best decision given the limited choices that you have with regards to budget or 
requirements or something like this. And and if you had had some foresight to that before you got there, um, you might have been able to make a better decision. It seemed like his company had been in that sort of situation where if they had realized a little bit better, the people that were paying their bills and their perception of a mobile thing versus a store shelf thing. Yeah. I don't think I'm, I'm capturing that. <laughs> well, no, but the, really well, but the, I, the, the biggest part is that they were, they just licensed the, the Bass Pro stuff. So Bass Pro wasn't paying them at all. It's, it was all their own money. So that's, that's, that was the hardest part. So the Bass Pro was allowed to make decisions for it uh, because they, they were licensing, they, they were taking the license from Bass Pro, but they weren't gi- giving any money. They're actually giving money to Bass Pro to use it. So that that's like a really hard position to be in. Was that really uh, the way it yeah. was? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I know that, well, they had agreements that in this regard that they did the licensing, but Bass Pro would then... Uh, had promised to advertise to some extent or something, which they had done. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't sound like maybe as much as they had hoped or wanted. That it, I think that yeah, they had uh, Chip and his company had hoped that it would become more integrated with an online catalog, say for instance, where it would have like the the deal of the of the week the deal of the day and bass pro just wasn't willing to engage that so and, and it was that's a it was bass, very okay so that would be a bass yeah it's totally within you know bass pros like we just don't want to engage that and, and it's it's very interesting and it, it was interesting to to listen to his presentation and kind of live his frustrations as he was telling you how this process went yeah and but at the same you know at the same time too bass pro is a brick and mortar so that that's what sells most for them and you know they have kajillion products that they sell too, so there's only so much attention they can pay to any device. So it, it's that that'd be a really hard spot to be in. Yeah, that yeah. that's what I it is pretty interesting because having been you know they made a console thing which was a a DVD case with a game disc in it. You can put that on an end cap. You know you can put that at the end of an aisle in a store, and that's a tangible like. This is how we promote it. This is where people grab it and see that it's interesting and buy it, and they can put numbers to it. And then you've got this transition now where you're this mobile app where it's not about them going to the store to see it and saying, oh, I want that. I'm going to put it in my cart. It's literally they can do it anywhere and or find it completely separate from the Bass Pro Shops, for instance, and then trying to tie that back. Is I don't I've never been in that situation, but it was very interesting for him to present it and, and be open about it mm-hmm. and stuff. And like you like you had said, Tori, live the frustrations of, uh, or at least hear the frustrations of of trying to explain or live the vision of something and and mm-hmm. having to fight this juggernaut that's like not willing to. Or an understanding of some of that aspects of a different market, say. Yeah, it was it was a cool presentation. I mean, it was it was great for a lot of the same reasons that the member project was great, and I mean, I think mostly for the candor and the sort of you know the story of it, you know, 
mm-hmm. was really interesting and, and seeing numbers like you know we got to see some of the the metrics and I think all yeah. that stuff is you know it's it's always cool to see those postmortems um, you know even if they're kind of sad <laughs> and 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 this was sad in a very different way because I mean he had one point some million downloads on one at least one of the apps. Um, they had gone with the freemium model as well, and um, you know, so the, they had three apps. One was a fishing app, one was a hunting app, and the other was more of a um, like uh, you would actually take it out fishing with you, like and it would GPS-y give you GPS kind right. of right. Yeah, it was it was it was almost more like a website kind of a thing. It wasn't like really a game at all, um, at least as far as I could tell, and. Uh, yeah, I remember. Like one of the things he said was uh, frustrating was that, you know, uh, Bass Pro wanted their logo on all the app icons. icons yep. That, and their logo is a fish, mm-hmm. but the hunting app, like you it's don't fish gear. in yep. that app, right? Like, it's, uh, yeah, that came to my mind too. Is like, it's super funny, is that you want to go get a deer hunting game. Which one are you going to pick? The one with a fish on it? Yeah. <laughs> or the one with a yeah. deer? Yeah, because that's exactly how people look at those things, too. Well, I remember yeah. even just being in the presentation, seeing seeing that big fish, and I was like, what? Because he hadn't talked about the fishing game yet. And I was like, is he already on the fishing game? I don't get it. And then... <laughs> that's awesome, yeah. Here's our hunting game. Let's... Uh... It's kind of like when you go to that ringy tingy bar and you know that in the small hodunk town and and then you go to the bathroom and you're trying to figure out what their weird decision on labeling the boys and girls bathroom is <laughs> oh, yeah. and you're like huh you know yeah. is it a burrs or a stirs i um <laughs> no that's <laughs> and you're like oh man I don't know. I'm going to go on this one, and since I'm a dude, if I don't see a urinal, I'm turning around. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> but, you know, and, and this is, I mean, we actually don't get this too often um, dealing with licensing, but that um, just because we're in a smaller market, but I, I really appreciated hearing about some of the, you know, the things that happened with licensing. And it, it can be a huge boon, but it certainly comes with its own pitfalls and, um, now it seems like there's you just have to have a ton of research done before you. But then again, he had an established relationship with them. They were just transitioning yeah. from yeah, yeah. consoles to mobile. So, yep, it was it's definitely, hard. yeah, it was a totally different situation. I think. Um, I couldn't get a. Maybe you guys can, um, shed some light on it or whatever. But like, in the ultimate like total experience that he had with it. You know, was it a positive, a neutral, or a negative? Like, what was his ultimate takeaway? Was it, like, does he regret having done it? Was he neutral about having done it? Like, I, if I, I mean, I don't, I can't speak for him, of course. Yes. But I think if I had to guess, he looks at it like any businessman looks at a, you know, failed business. You know, of course you regret that it failed but you know he's starting two businesses out of you know he's not like he's not like quitting and living in the gutter right you know (laughs) yeah he's not yeah no i would i mean i was sort of setting that up to be that it it, 
I hadn't talked to him about it, but that was sort of like the feeling I was trying to get out of it. The feeling that I had felt, not speaking for him or anything, was exactly was that it ultimately was a uh, experience in which he doesn't look back on negatively. Although it had some of its issues, it still was a interesting and worthwhile endeavor. Mm-hmm. I guess that I think that's that's probably fair to say. And I mean. It did sound like he felt pretty proud of at least one of the apps. I mean, it's a um, big deal to say that you downloaded them, you know, a million times or whatever. Right. Yep. yep. For sure. Yeah, I would like to be able to say that someday. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> however, the difference, like I would say, and it took me a little while before I realized this, is that he was sort of also, he's not a developer. He's more of like... Right. An ideas man, manager. Um, a producer. Right. I think that's a fair assessment also. Yeah, I mean, he and one other dude sounded like started the company and, uh, you know, put up the money for all this. For, you know, so they, yep. they actually like, they took paid the desk. Oh, absolutely. three other developers, you know, and not just like single people like three other companies to develop these apps and dealt with you know all of that and i think you know what's funny about that to me is that like just managing one of those projects is probably a full-time job like it just seems like they bit off more than they could chew in that regard i mean and obviously he hired um some people like it wasn't just him yep well Um, he had he had made the point to say in that regard that um, the amount of complexity that was involved with making a console app to a mobile app was less. So, therefore, he was able to stretch those resources or efforts further to do that. So, I, I don't, I don't know if that was a personal, like his impression of that, or if that's, you know, how true that is, or or whatever. But it sounded like. Um, that the comparison between the mobile and the console was that he was able to do more with mobile in that regard because he wasn't dealing with uh, as much that might have been as a focus with the console. Yeah, I mean, your money goes farther. And I think that's, you know, that's probably true. That that actually brings me to one one last quick point I wanted to make about his presentation, which I also thought was pretty cool, is where he was at one point debating whether to start and sort of grow his own team, which I think I kind of felt him saying that he wished he'd yeah, had I, an opportunity to do, which he couldn't because of time constraints. I think he had kind of really wanted to do that in the first place. I, I All right, this is me projecting a little bit, but I felt like that's what he wanted to do in the first place. But because it was a really risky thing to him and that he hadn't done it before, he's unable to know what to expect or, you know, what could happen with that. And so he went forward with sort of his no from his experience in the past because he knew what he could achieve with that regard. Sure. That's, that's what I felt about it. And I, and I think that that was probably a safe move given his experience to that, that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I have that same feeling that he he sort of, you know, projecting again. Because I know that I would love to to do that as well. But yeah, 
anyway, it was two really great uh, presentations, very well themed together, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, in regards to their experience with, with mobile market. And if that was on purpose, well done, Zach. Yeah, that's right. Everybody gets <laughs> which, which I think leads us to um, at very chronologically and, um, you know, topically leads us to the very last part of this, which introduces a new uh, dynamic to the podcast, which I'm very thankful for Martin for starting up and hopefully you continue it because I liked it a lot. Um, but yeah. Martin, what did you do? <laughs> oh, I was just doing man a man on the, on the street. Yeah, exactly. Man, man in the what development shop? Man, <laughs> man, man, just outside the door. <laughs> yeah, the man with microphone is the way. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought it'd be fun to get more of a sense of you know how did everyone, what were people's reactions to the the presentation? You know, just after it happened. And did anyone have any, you know, interesting thoughts about it and that kind of thing? So yeah, I just shoved the mic in people's faces and laughed kind of hysterically a lot. You can feel free to <laughs> cut any of that laughter out, by the way, Tori. <laughs> it'll, it'll, it, it'll make it flow weird if it's not there, though. Uh-huh. Like, like the, the cuts will be kind of strange. I can cut it out, but it's just like because there's you can hear background noises in between, and then it. Oh it, yeah, it, sure. Um, any excuse. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, I just I'm it's it's my own like you know you hate hearing yourself and I hate hearing myself laugh. <laughs> well, and and actually you're doing something really hard cuz you're trying to recruit people at the same time and it's it's kind yeah. of a you really threw yourself out there and that's hard to do. Yeah, so. I couldn't do that. I have to commend you. I think you did a great job. Well, I'll do it again. I I thought it was fun. You so. will be doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> so. I, I'm ordering you. With all the so, power that I have, which is none. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So that'll be interspliced somehow into this. Um, maybe, I don't know. Where should it go? At the end? Yeah, the right here. What did you think okay. of tonight's uh, okay. it was great. IGDA? Yeah, it's always great to commiserate with the other guys who are having trouble out there in the <laughs> iOS world. <laughs> So uh, I feel so together with these guys, <laughs> not alone. For for people who weren't here, like what what was uh, what did what okay, did you so see tonight? Was, uh, two presentations. The uh, first was a, a group that had put out a game on their own and spent a lot of time doing all their own work and faced the big bear, the, the nasty monster of, of the iOS app store, and not having enough marketing money to really make a go of it. Yeah. Yeah. And then the second one was a guy who had everything going and lots of money backing and lots of marketing, but still, when it hit mobile, it's a tricky market. So yep. it's cool to hear it because I feel better about my own stuff. Yeah. You, know? you got to know that. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> All right, so who are you? I'm Barry McMahon, and I'm from Deeper Arts. Sweet, thanks. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> All right, who's next? <laughs> Somebody come give me your impressions. I, I want to recycle this over there, but I'm a little afraid that you'll just stick a microphone. Just, just come over here. Just come. It's, it's really close. <laughs> what did you? <laughs> what did you think of tonight's IGA? I think it was really good. It gave me some ideas for my own development. Yeah. Like what? Well, I've been wanting to um, approach a company about designing a game around their product. So just kind of things to, to consider to present to them up front. You know, things to make sure that 
they're thinking about. Yeah. Like so, uh, so it was the the like licensing portion that was interesting to you. It really was. Yeah. And also the marketing. You know, maybe uh, talking to the company up front about you know my ideas for how to market and make sure they're on board too, because otherwise she could just be really frustrated. Yeah. Cool. And who are you? My name is Anne Hayes, and I uh, own Water Horse Studios. Water Horse Studios. All right. Thanks. <laughs> Did you have anything else? <laughs> Hey, come give me your impressions. <laughs> Quick. <laughs> what did you think of tonight's IDA meeting with your carrot? <laughs> I like your cat shirt, by the way. Yeah. All of you on the internet, that cat shirt is beautiful. Yeah, it's kind of a, it's like a, a nebula or like a, a night sky with lots of stars, but in the shape of a cat. Only on your set. Tell me what you, what was the, uh, did you have any, were there any memorable moments from tonight's idea? Um, being the tonight's theme is failure. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of was. That's fair to say. No, I definitely worked on things that failed and agree with what they said, but also learned you know, some lessons that they learned that I might not have. <laughs> did you get any ideas? Like, did this spark any like inspiration for you? Um, I'm actually working on something right now. It's just we've been talking about marketing and stuff, and hearing other people's input of what didn't work for them. Helpful, I think, because it's like we're at that stage now. So having other people's feedback does help. Yeah, yeah. And who are you? I'm Tommy Sanders. Thanks. <laughs> nice. Ryan, come tell me about tonight's meeting. Microphone. <laughs> tell me, tell me, what was, uh, did you have any impressions after tonight's meeting? I was kind of only halfway paying attention. Nice. What were you working on? Uh, I was trying to get st- something done that I was trying to get done before I left. Yeah, on and what? Then, on what? On a game that we're working on. Who's we? This isn't about the meeting. Who are you? So this is really off topic. Who are you? Uh, my name is Frodo Baggins, and I'm the ring bearer. I have to get to Mordor. I don't know how many, which, which way is it going to be. And what language is that in? Uh, it's in ancient Elvish. Nice. Is this fully off the rails yet? Or can keep, going? keep going. You've been on the podcast before, haven't you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, thanks, Frodo. <laughs> Who's next? <laughs> Uh, yeah, how many people did you get to talk hey, about? Hey, what's going on? Come, uh, come, give me your impressions from this uh, this evening. It was fantastic. Yeah, what did uh, what did you take away? Uh, I took away that a you should make an app. B you should listen to your data. Listen to your data. Yes, listen. To, yes. And who are you? I'm Chris Figueroa. Thanks, Chris. Come, give me your impressions from tonight's meeting. No, it was good. It was really good insight on how to create an app and how to launch it successfully. It was good to see someone else's uh, failures and then learn from their mistakes. Yeah. Did that inspire anything in your own? Do you have any takeaways? Yeah, no, I would love to go to the near uh, ranch and go learn like Objective-C in seven days and go start my own app. I have all sorts of app ideas. It's just never, you know, I don't know how to code. I know all the business side of things. So, yeah, it does inspire me to make my own app. Yeah, nice. What's your name? Ben. Thanks, Ben.
<laughs> that was uh, that was like inspirational for me. Well, I don't know, inspirational. I've always wanted to go to the big nerd dance as well. I'm, I, like, I, I totally jealous. I can't code, and it's, I don't think it's like I've ever gotten a good chance. Oh, no. Come, <laughs> oh, come no. Pete, give me your impressions. No comment. <laughs> Thanks, Pete. Come, give me your impressions of this evening. Uh, first presenters really sucked. Yeah. No, they were great. I liked them. <laughs> <laughs> they knew what they were talking about. Sweet. Wait, um, who, who are you? I'm one of the first presenters. <laughs> I am also one of the first presenters. No, tell me your names. Oh. Uh, Adam Rademacher. I'm Jay Hazzy. And uh, you guys did the first presentation. Yes. And what was it about? Garden Gnomes. Can you just... iOS app. Nice. Buy it now. <laughs> it's free. <laughs> yeah, thanks. You guys did a great job. Okay, thank you. Thank you. You had nice slides. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks. Animation. Like, all the animation. Yeah, Keynote. exactly. Keynote. I totally recognize Keynote. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, he's a Keynote. Yeah. It's, I, I don't know. I just like PowerPoint. Yeah, so well, of course. <laughs> I mean, did you uh, did you actually compose the uh, anim- the keynote on the iPad? No, because no. that's animation. <laughs> 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 so um, you did all the development. Yes. Tell me about uh, the game center integration. You know, it, it actually really sucked. It was hard because <laughs> turn based the turn based API was not documented very well. It's totally shitty. Yeah. Yeah, and I got a lot of points on Stack Overflow because I would be figuring out stuff, and other people <laughs> had the same question, and I, I even had calls into Apple. I got to see how difficult it is to resolve issues for Apple because they had issues where ghost games would be hanging around on the app, and Apple couldn't start doing it. Yeah, nice. it, it's hard. It's hard, but it actually, it saved us a lot of money because we don't have to have servers and things. Right. It's a necessary evil, I think. Yeah. If you have no money. <laughs> What's your Stack Overflow username? It's Jay Hasi. <laughs> Excellent. Absolutely. <laughs> I have a bunch of Stack Overflow answers on Game Center questions as well. Okay. Did you do turn-based stuff? Or yeah, I have. I've been working on. Um, I've been working on a two-player uh, abstract strategy game for like a year. <laughs> it's almost. It's the second most complex part of the game. The, the Game Center API yep. and all the stuff I have to do about figuring out game state and did someone cancel out of turn or in turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, uh, there's a, a press book that I found super helpful. Uh, something about Game Center. That's all. It's all about Game Center. So it's like maybe it's only like 70 pages or something, but it's super nice. So, so do you think that the, the the requirement of Game Center for someone to to create a Game Center account? Do you, do you think that actually is a barrier? It certainly is. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like the extra click comment in the in the second presentation. Like you lose half your audience or whatever. I mean, I doubt it's half your audience because I think like the, you know, the the real barrier there is nothing because I mean everyone who has an iPhone has a Game Center login already. They just don't know it, right? Like they can use their Apple ID to log into Game Center. They just don't realize that, and so they click right past the screen. So I think there definitely is a. It'd be interesting to know the stats. I mean, because you could probably use analytics and figure out like how many people like cancel that screen. You know, um, when I launch, maybe I should. I'll put in some stats and see because uh, I'm totally planning on the same thing. Actually, my game will have single player. But um, uh, it would be really interesting to see like how many people just like click right past the game center. 
Because we, we actually have, in the game, there's little stars that shine on the things you should click on first when you start up. And it's, yep. to start a Game Center game, it's just, you click start a new game, and then you click start a Game Center game. It's the two first clicks. And, and people do that, but then they stop as a part of creating the Game Center. Yep. Well, thanks. You guys did a great job. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, I'll see you there. For sure. Who's next? Come give me your impressions. I already got you. You're kicking me out. <laughs> Shut up. Everybody's not gone yet. <laughs> Is that that's a little bit of Because they knew you were out here. They all went out the other door. Yeah. Okay, but, but we haven't gotten Ryan. Ryan. What was your what was your impression of tonight's meeting? My impression? Did you have any takeaways? Oh, good stuff actually. Um, <laughs> I love the lessons learned things. It's really hard to say impressions of it or something because they both said that they weren't um, like super successful or anything. But yeah, did you have any takeaways from your like like did you have any things that you thought like while you were watching this like oh I need to do that in my own game or um, like. I don't know. Like, I'm wondering how, like, important something like game center integration is or even social integration is because developing a game, I'm like, it'd be easier just not to do that stuff, and I don't know if it's worth it or not. Yeah. So that's, like, personal questions I have. I don't know if it is or isn't. But yeah, I have... I wouldn't say a disagreement there. It's more of right. curiosity or something. I'd rather it not be important because then I can justify not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you had to rate tonight's uh, presenters on a scale of 1 to 10, what would you give them? What would I give them? You'd put me on the spot. i give them both, all three of them, nines, especially the, uh, the um, plug my stuff people. <laughs> they had good Excellent. stuff right there. Yes. <laughs> All right, thanks. Thanks. And who are you? Oh, I'm Ryan Foss. I'm deeply involved with the IGDA, I guess, Twin Cities. Uh, we'll all know and you already from the I introduction no, you're going to be doing to yeah, this podcast. The introduction to this podcast, I'm sure. Yep. Yep. All right, thanks. And, yep. Thanks, Marty. <laughs> oh, hey. Uh, we, um, me and my buddy from high school, we've been developing a game. We actually started our uh, game company, so we're LLC'd now. Nice. What's mm -hmm. the name of the company? We called ourselves Duck Duck Boom. Duck Duck Boom. Duck Duck Boom, because we tried and tried and tried and could not come up with a name we cared about to the point where we just gave up. <laughs> and that's just a joke we were making one night where we should just call ourselves Duck Duck Boom. I like because it. Because the, the whole... Uh, Duck Duck Goose versus Duck Duck Grey Duck Grey Duck which is I'm a Grey Duck it was Grey Duck for us as well it's a Grey Duck yeah. up in the north yeah yep. and uh, it's Goose in the south so I'm just like boom so now boom <laughs> Duck Duck boom yep so now we're LLC'd and so we can go another year or so without actually putting out a game I figure now that we're <laughs> we <laughs> now that you have LLC you've done the hard part <laughs> we got, we're done for 2013 with the business forming and then um, next year will be the website and then the year after that will be maybe a game nice alright cool yeah. Who's next? Uh, what were your impressions of tonight's meeting? It was good. It was uh, very informative. I like the uh, gnomes idea. I like the art look. I wish they would have showed some gameplay because I, now I feel like i got to go check it out. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. It was good. Do you have an and, iPhone? Uh, no. That's why I feel like I'm the minority is because I have an <laughs> Android. And whenever uh, someone makes a game, uh, I just assume it's not for my phone. So I yep. don't get to play it. And so I'm... Hoping there's a YouTube video of somebody playing it, I guess. So <laughs> it's just uh, it's something I noticed is everybody's aiming for Apple because everybody's kind of Mac biased, and 
I grew up with Max, and then I bought a PC because uh, they were cheap, and then I've never went back because I'm still cheap. <laughs> so I feel like I'm the minority now. So I flipped it over. People need to make Android games. <laughs> nice. Um, what's your name? Uh, my name's Dan. Uh, nice to meet you, Dan. What's your name? Marty. Marty. I've seen you here a couple months. So uh, can you tell me about the uh, the thing in two weeks? What's that group? That yeah, MN have? Mobile Games. Where yeah. uh, we basically just meet and talk about mobile game development. Is so. that here? Or where do you guys no, meet? it's actually at Code Forty Two. So Oops. that's Code like Forty Two is a bar. Or? No, Code 42 is another company. It's okay. much like the Nerdery, except that they don't do, like, uh, the Nerdery does, like, contract development. Code okay. 42 does a product crash plan. Crash it's backup plan. software. Okay. So they're they're a big company, and they have lots of space, so we meet there. Sounds um, good. Yeah, I'm but... I'm interested in that cause, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to get into this, and I don't make games. I make music and okay. uh, sounds and stuff like that, so... So you're a sound audio, guy? I'm an audio guy, yeah. Nice. So... All that stuff, but uh, I like I like coming to these things. I like being immersed. I play video games, so I grew up with video games, and yeah, that's important. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Excellent. And man, that was some great interview you did. I I thought that was a fabulous job. Um, what did you guys think? Yeah, good job, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you uh, just copy that question? <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait for next month's installment for that. That's good. I would uh, I would give myself a four. <laughs> Out of what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Out of something. Okay. Give yeah. Who, who is it? Was it you, Ryan, that I made rate the session? Oh yeah. I was like, oh, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I didn't throw out my own scale of nothingness. <laughs> I. I uh, I'm opinionated on stuff, and I will often say, like, I give that movie a 12 on my 8 to 13 scale. <laughs> because it makes people like, oh, crap, 8 to 13, so that would be like, uh, oh, that doesn't make any sense. Hold on. Yes, 8 to 13. Stars. Nice. Yeah, well, thanks again, we... Martin. It was a good job. Yeah, that was. Should we... Uh, should we... Close this puppy out. I think so. Yeah. Thanks everybody for listening. This is the IGDA Twin Cities podcast, produced in Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota, uh, also known as the Twin Cities. Um, you can find us on igatc.org. Is that right? Yeah. You can put your hate mail at um, something dot myspace dot. <laughs> yeah, something at myspace dot. <laughs> yahoo.com on our, on our GeoCities page yes oh speaking of which I better update that find us on igatc.org that's it that's where we're at that's the best way oh and Twitter and Facebook and actually you know I would really appreciate if um, people that listen or people that have opinions in any regard in the local community actually communicated to us about how we can make things better or how we can help them or or good job bad job I don't care where it's all about like communication just in general so if if you're a listener or a follower or a stalker which i can't wait to meet you i'm gonna stalk you <laughs> most likely <laughs> probably so just be warned um yeah what do you think how about that i'll, I'll stop there all right well thanks guys it was it was an awesome time have a good one.
Uh, cheers. <laughs> Bye-bye. Martin Gritter. Gritter. <laughs> 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 I don't know what I wrote it out. I wrote it out the Like I made. Like I wrote, took the time. Like this is what you're gonna say. Secret levels in Minnesota. I had it. What if, what, what if you put a Y in there? Martin Greider. Oh, thanks. do that because my name has a Y in it. Yeah. Oh my god, so we probably lost half that. I should have just been using my iPhone this whole time. I'll bet the quality would have been better too. When did you when did you fix the sound? It was it was working when I left, so I bet something just got jerked or something. God damn it. No no no, it's gonna be okay. You don't think I lost anything? I also had this going. How do I like see you wanna just